So as many of you know, I recently had shoulder surgery. And that journey started back in March when I was clearing a piece of land on my property and I was, uh, I cut down a tree and I uh, delimbed it and I was lugging the log out to my driveway and I tripped and fell with it on my shoulder. So I spent two or three weeks trying to get in to see my primary care doctor because my shoulder was hurting me. I couldn't sleep at night, it was keeping me up and I couldn't roll over and I couldn't lay on it. And so finally I give in, I said, I've got to go to the emergency room. I can't, I can't wait any longer to get in to see my primary care doctor. So I went to the emergency room. You know how it goes. I'm sure some of you have been to emergency rooms before. You get put into this waiting room and you've sat there for a while and Finally, somebody called, comes out, calls your name, calls you back into, the, into this other smaller room in the back, and you go in, and it's a nurse or, or a practitioner, and they take your vital signs and your temperature, and then comes the question. So, Mr. Page, what brings you to see us today? And you go through the story. You tell them what happened, you tell them you've hurt your shoulder and you're not really sure what's going on, but it's keeping you up at night and it's in pain. She goes, okay, thank you very much. She types a little bit on the computer and she gets up and she says, the doctor will be in to see you in just a few minutes. <laughs> we won't go into that story. <laughs> but after a little while, the doctor does. He knocks on the door and he comes in and he goes, so, Mr. Page, what brings you in to see us today? I was like, huh. You tell the story all over again. You tell them that you're having pain. You've done something to your shoulder, and you can't sleep at night. He gets out his little pad, and he's writing on it. And he says, what pharmacy do you use? He said, I use Hannaford's here in Ellsworth. He goes, okay, I'm calling you in a prescription, a pill for your pain. He says, in a couple, three weeks, if that doesn't take care of it, I want you to come back and see me. I said, Doc, it's been a month now. I can't sleep at night. It's, there's something wrong in my shoulder. So many times doctors want to treat the symptoms pain versus the injury. They want to treat the symptoms of a disease versus the curing the disease itself. Our message today is where does sin come from? We've looked at Genesis 3 and we're going to break that down and look at it even closer. The fall of man. Because we have somebody that has come that wants to heal the disease, that wants to cure the disease, wants to heal the injury. He doesn't want to just take care of the symptom. Hopefully through today's message we can, God will reveal that to us. Let's pray just before we get into the message. Father God, as we enter into this verse of scripture from your word, I pray that you will reveal it fresh and anew, that we will take 
deep look into how it is that it should pour into our lives and change us, transform us. We love you and we give you all the credit for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Genesis 3, 1 through 5. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat from the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will surely, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Have you ever thought of it this way? Adam and Eve, this first act of sin, this first act of failure, happened in a sterile environment. Adam and Eve had no one to blame. They had no past generations to say, well, my father did it this way, so, or my mother did it that way, so. They were created in the image of God. They had each other, social beings. They needed each other. God had made Adam a productive life to cultivate the garden and to tend to the animals. They had no excuse. Adam and Eve was the first generation. They had all the cards stacked in their favor. And they failed. They sinned. Stop for just a moment and imagine what the world would be like if they had not failed. No death, no hard working for food. Just gathering the harvest that God provides. Easy childbirth, ladies. I know, I've never had a child, but I was there for both of mine, and I know it was tough. Laborious and painful. Adam and Eve would have been the heroes for protecting the family name by setting the example to follow. But their failure became the root that has affected all of us. Their choice, that one foolish choice, And the ongoing effects of that choice lead us to two questions. Two questions that I hope we can answer today. What is failure and where does failure come from? What is sin and where does sin come from? We need to have the right answer for those two questions. If we hope to treat the injury and not just the symptom, not just the pain that sin brings. Genesis 3, 6 through 10. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And then, his eyes of, and then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. God, among the, God 
Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Brothers and sisters, Christians, have you ever hid yourself from God? Have you ever found yourself in sin and felt that deep desire inside of you to hide? Ashamed. It's not a pleasant place to be. I've been there. I will raise my hand. Hiding from God is not the answer. Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves together to hide themselves from each other. And then they heard God walking in the garden. They hid among the trees. See, all these things are consequences of sin. The consequences of sin is a broken relationship with God. A broken relationship with God and with others, with creation itself. Our relationship with God is broken when we fail, when we choose sin. Because what we were created to do is bring honor and glory and to have a close walk with God. When we choose sin over God, that separates us from the closeness with God. And we dishonor God by not allowing his glory to rule and reign in our lives. Our relationship with others is broke because we see each other's nakedness. Before the fall, Adam and Eve had no shame. They became aware of their failure and was afraid and ashamed, and they hid themselves from God and from each other. Let's look at this from just a different perspective. God owned the garden, and he gave them instructions on how to take care of it. One thing they were not supposed to do. Let's say a rich islander or a rich person over in Blue Hill hires you or asks you as a friend or a neighbor to take care of their estate when they're away on vacation somewhere. They tell you to make sure you feed the cats on such and such a day, make sure you take care of the dog, make sure you water the plants, make sure you mow the lawn. All the things that would need to be done if somebody was away. Here's how you do it. Here's the lawnmower. There's the gas for the lawnmower. You've got to know all these things, right? Do it this way. And you take great care to do it that way. Why? Because it's not your stuff. It's their stuff. And shouldn't we take great care in doing things God's way? Because this earth, this place, is not ours. God created it. It's his. And we should want to do it his way.
Adam and Eve was to care for the garden, the trees, and the animals. He was given ex explicit instructions. God gave him a wife or a companion, but yet they still failed. Responsibility and accountability to God, because it all belongs to him. It's the same today as it was then. We are responsible and accountable to God because it all belongs to him. Genesis 3, 11 through 19. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave, passed the buck, the woman did it. The woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you have done? The woman said, the serpent, the serpent did it. It wasn't me, the serpent did it. And I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and above all the beasts of the fields. On your belly you shall go, and the dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband's, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Till you return to the ground, out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. That is the injury. That is the disease. Right there. That is not a symptom. That is what we, every one of us, face because of their decision. Because of sin. Now there are three basic reasons why we choose sin. Sin, why we choose to fail over doing what we know is right. Over being obedient. Three reasons. Now by our falling nature, we choose to turn away from God. The Bible is, is specific in warning us what these three temptations are. They're found in 1 John 2, 15 and 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the, lo the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, number one, the desires of the eyes, number two, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. These three desires are what lead us away from a right relationship with God. Desires of the flesh. God gave Adam a wife. His relationship, this relationship defines the prescribed limitations of sexual conduct and should fulfill the cravings of our sensual desire. A man and a woman becoming one flesh and being satisfied with all God has given to us in the relationship as husband and wife. We think there must be 
There must be more out there. We must be missing something. And anyway, everyone's doing it. We give in to temptation. And we pay a price. If you don't think there's a price for sexual immorality, read the stories of Samson and the stories of David and see what desires of the flesh cost them. Godly men, but still paid a great price because of the desires of the flesh. Number two, the desires of the eyes. The biblical term is covetousness. It drives our sale industries these days. Advertisements that promise brighter, whiter teeth if you use this toothpaste. Or you'll feel so much better if you own this product. You'll live longer and healthier if you only take this pill. My neighbors have a big house. Why can't I have a big house? My friend has a boat. Why can't I have a boat? And the list goes on and on and on. Covetness. Desires of the eyes. Adam and Eve had the whole garden to eat. The whole garden to eat from. Anything that was there. But of this one tree, you must not eat. And they failed. Remember what Satan said to Eve? For God knows that when you eat of the trees, your eyes will be open. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, she took of it and ate. And she gave some to her husband. The desires of the eyes is a powerful temptation that we must be aware of if we're not going to fail as Adam and Eve did. Number three, the pride of life. Self-exaltation. Instead of obeying God, we want to be our own God. Adam chose to eat of the forbidden fruit precisely because he wanted to be his own God. What did Satan whisper? And you will be like God. Pride is the act of saying, I know better than God. That's pride. I can do it without God. That's pride. Pride blinds us to the needs of others. Where God wants us to be his glory to the world, we are consumed with ourselves. We have no time for others. And the gravest of consequences is often we don't have time for the ones we love the most. Our own families, the ones God has given us responsibility to take care of. Children that need their mother and father, wives that want to spend time with their husbands, but pride gets in the way. We let those relationships slip into hurtful areas. And if not tended to, can often become hateful relationships. Pride is dangerous. So we have these three temptations that we must be aware of. The Adam and Eve fell to. The flesh, the eyes, and pride. Our last verse of scripture for today, Genesis 3, 20 through 24. And the man called his wife's name Eve. Because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. 
Then the Lord God said, Behold, and the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east, east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the true tree of life. There is a great price to be paid for our sin. We become afraid of God. We hide from him. Thorns will infest the ground. Work will become hard. Pain in childbirth. There will be strife between the man and the woman. These are all areas of consequences because of the failure of Adam in Eve. What causes us to continue to choose sin, to choose failure over the truth, which is success? What makes a man come to the end of his life and admit, I lived a life that was basically for nothing? If I could only go back and change, how many times have we heard that? What causes it? Sin. Specifically, pride. Covetousness and sensual desire. Spiritual and moral failures often permanently affect our families, our friends, and of course ourselves. These crushing, crushing experiences bring guilt, defeat, and depression. But not all is lost, brothers and sisters. Just as God provided clothes for Adam and Eve's nakedness, provided them a place outside the garden to live and to raise their families, God has provided a remedy for our ugly failures, a cure for our disease. He has the wisdom to take our messes and straighten them out. No one has failed too greatly or too often for God. He had sinners like us in mind when he initiated his redemptive plan. Long before Adam and Eve were created, God planned to turn our failure into his success. Only a God who knows all things and who has infinite wisdom could draft a plan that would anticipate virtually every situation, every failure, every sin. Brothers and sisters, God has done that for you. And he's done that for me. By the way of the cross, the cross of Christ. God intends for us to change our basic motivations. We need not to be controlled by pride, not driven by desires of the flesh, and not be given to, to the desires of the eyes. Christ's death did not only make forgiveness possible, it also is the door to a life free of personal sin that binds us like chains. Chains that drag us down, that weigh us down. So what is failure? It is living with a lie that we can be our own God. It is desiring what others have, and it is giving in to the desires of the flesh. My pleasure. I want to live for me. That is failure. What is success? What is the cure for the disease? 
It is allowing God to direct our paths. It is being satisfied with our work and with what he has provided for us. It is understanding the concept that two become one flesh. It is being motivated to serve God out of sheer gratitude for what he has already done for us. It starts with acknowledging our need of a savior and accepting his forgiveness. Please, if you've never done this, acknowledging your need of a savior. After the service today, linger. Find me or reach out to a friend. I'd love to explore this with you because it can affect and will cure your disease for the rest of your life. I'd like to read you the lyrics to a song. It's a song about a man that found this forgiveness that I speak of, that found this Savior who's willing to accept it. No more I quit, I've had enough, I wasn't made for this. To all the lies that I have tried to cripple me with doubt, I think it's time to say goodbye. I know who I am now. Part of me says I'd, like, I'd, I'd be smart to walk away, but before I leave, I think I need to call you out by name. Goodbye regret, goodbye alone. Goodbye to emptiness. Hello to beautiful. Goodbye afraid. Goodbye ashamed. Goodbye to hopelessness. Hello to beautiful. Can you hear it? That's the sound of me walking out. Walking out of this prison cell that I've come to know so well. I used to play the victim singing Take these chains from me, but they have long been broken. I was set free, and I would not leave. Somehow I got too comfortable locked up here in this prison that I missed the doors were wide open, more like ripped off the hinges. Goodbye regret, goodbye alone, goodbye to emptiness, hello beautiful, goodbye afraid, goodbye ashamed, goodbye to hopelessness, hello to beautiful. Before I go, just so you know, there will come days again wrestling not to believe the things that I say I am. When I've forgotten what's inside and who I'm meant to be, I remember what's inside is not forgotten me. Hello to beautiful. Brothers and sisters, remember that God did not come to help you with a symptom. He came to cure disease through the blood of Christ for every one of you.